welcome to the Positively You podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Larson, and I'm passionate about helping you shift the way you think so you can create a life you're absolutely obsessed with. Each week, I'll be bringing you a guest or a thought that's going to help you feel more optimistic and equipped to take real action. Get ready to push past limiting beliefs, ditch that negativity, and start showing up as the best and most positive version of you. Girl, let's do this. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to this episode of the Positively You podcast. And holy cow, we have been chatting before I even hit record for just a couple of minutes. And I can already feel this energy just oozing out of both of us. So I cannot wait to get going. I have Emily Todd on today, who found her way into my inbox, which is my favorite way to just (laughs) stumble on all of these people. Found out we've got all of these little connections and links, which the world is so magical. But Emily, I'll give you a quick second to kind of introduce who you are before we jump into things. Sure, sure. Thank you. Again, so excited to be here. We had to hit record because there was already (laughs) so much juice happening. But yes, my name is Emily Todd, and I'm an ICF certified personal freedom and business coach. And I love supporting women to break free from burnout, to break free from a life of shoulds, and instead live a life aligned with their desires. And for Mm. me, that often takes the form of guiding women into creating their own business aligned with their heart, aligned with their soul, aligned with their mission. Because often when we do this work around the burnout or the life of the shoulds, there's an awakening of, oh, this is what I really desire. And then you know, when that business idea starts to land, then in comes the mind, in comes the ego with all these reasons why it's impossible and why we can't do that. It's not, it's not possible for people like us and what will people think, what will people say? So I love supporting women through that process as well. The inner work of entrepreneurship. And your, your program that you have is called Burnout Academy, correct? Yes. Burnout Academy awesome. is my baby. It is something that is very near and dear to my heart. It is a burnout prevention and recovery program because I spent almost 15 years in tech and startups, hustling mm. and grinding my way to the top of the ladder and cycling through burnout every few months yeah. and really being in a, in a, in a paradigm, you know, in the tech world where that was the norm. And it was really worn as a badge of honor to be mm-hmm. burned out. It was just yep. like, oh, yeah, you know, right? You're My husband you're- is in that world currently. Okay. So I'm and like, yes, <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. And I used to have this really strange, you know, looking back relationship with work and relationship with being burnt out. And I was so proud of it. You know, yeah. I would make it very clear. Oh, I'm so tired. I'm so exhausted. I was working till 2 a.m., look at my calendar. Oh, I was working on weekends and, you know, receiving a lot of accolades for that way of operating and receiving a lot of promotions and Mm -hmm. success in my career. And I'm really passionate about burnout because my top value in life is freedom. And I view burnout as something that is extremely common that really robs you of your power, of your freedom, of your choice. Cause when you're in that state of burnout, your energy is at, you know, ground zero. And you can't see all of the choice and freedom available to you in the moment. So that's why I love the work of burnout. And um, I think there's, you know, burnout has become such a buzzword too. And yeah. I, I view it, there's two types. I view there's really that 
clinical burnout, which is recognized by the World Health Organization, which has a lot of physical symptoms and emotional and mental. But I think the other kind that a lot of people are actually describing when they say, I'm so burnt out, I'm so burnt out is more what I like to call soul burnout. What you're doing in your day to day is not actually aligned to the truth of your being, to your values, to your vision. And I I started to notice there was another type of burnout happening because I had clients coming in. I'm so burnt out. I'm so burnt out. We would actually dig in to their time and yeah. they were working seven hours a day. They were taking all their vacation, weren't working weekends. So I was like, what's going on here? <laughs> yeah. When the calendar doesn't correlate, right? When you're like, yeah. okay, there's still room here. That's yeah. so interesting that there's, yeah, those definite two types. Because I think sometimes, especially as women, we can look at that and be like, well, I shouldn't be burned out because I have this white space or I've got, you know, this quote unquote, some freedom, but you don't on a deeper soul level because the burnout isn't right there for you to see it. And I think that's a harder one to combat, right? Because it's easy to look at the calendar and be like, oh, that's something I can cross off or, oh, maybe that's something I can drop. But when it's not on like a a physical level, it's actually on a soul level, that burnout is going to be way harder to identify and then combat. Oh, amen. Yeah. Cause yeah. it's like when you're seeing, oh, I'm just not sleeping enough. I need to eat better. I need to do, you know, maybe meditate yeah. or whatever, you know, the gurus are saying. Those are things we can, you know, go through our to do list and check off. But when it's actually coming to the realization, my life is out of alignment with what I really desire, that's a reckoning. Like that is oh, not yeah. an easy pill to swallow. And I had that experience myself because I also, you know, this, tech career I'd created it was I was very proud of myself very yeah. very proud of myself I had a lot of success very young by the time I was 30 31 I was managing a large team at this startup that was raising a ton of money and, and all the you know publications so I was just really feeling myself but there was this moment when I received this promotion and I remember calling my dad and being like dad 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 I got this you know, I'm making this amount of money now and have this amount of direct reports. And my dad was just like, that's great, honey. That's so wonderful. I'm so proud of you. And it was in that moment I had had that realization so much of my career had been to try and receive dad's love and approval. Mm. And it was in that moment I realized he doesn't actually care as long as I'm happy. He just cares that I'm happy and have a roof over my head. And so that was the beginning, I always say, of my unraveling. Yeah. Because then I started to question. I was like, well, why am I doing this? Do I even like what I'm doing? I was doing primarily marketing. Yeah. And didn't actually like the marketing very much, but you know what I did love? <laughs> I loved the people management. Mm, I had yep. this team and you know, I had the, all these one-on-ones each week. And all the other directors were like, isn't that so annoying to have like 20 one-on-ones a week? And I was just like, guys, I love it. We get to talk about their personal problems, their professional problems, with blocking them, their dreams, their goals. And of course, a few years later, I connected the dots like, oh, coaching, yep. that's actually a thing I can do with my life. Isn't so, that so funny? I love that your dad kind of gave you that gift of having that pivot moment for you, right? Because I think we do, you know, me and my husband, we were actually on a walk the other day and we were talking about the same thing of saying like, man, I wish I hadn't spent so much of our, you know, newly married life in our twenties, just grinding and hustling and thinking we had to get to this next thing. Like, I wish we would have just stopped and enjoyed life for a second. 
And so I'm curious, like, I'm happy that we all can kind of like get to that point where we're like, okay, let's stop, let's pivot, let's change. But when you're helping people through this soul burnout, as you call it, I'm super curious if you yourself or if anyone that you're like working with has ever had that moment of, oh, not regret, but almost like mourning the life of the hustle, right? Like I did it this way. I could have done it this way. I, I, you know, we can never go back and change the past, but I don't feel like I have too much regret and too much mourning, but there's a little bit there of like, oh man, you know, I totally feel you on that, that, that. I wish I had made different choices. Yeah. I wish I hadn't been spinning my wheels on the hamster wheel and hustling mm. and grinding and missing so many moments. But, you know, one of my guiding beliefs in life is that there truly are no mistakes and that we wouldn't have that clarity we do now of how we desire to live our lives had yeah. we not had the experience that contrast, contrast, contrast creates clarity, right? If yeah. we had not hustled and grinded and burn the midnight oil, we wouldn't know that's not for us. We wouldn't know what's that, what that is actually like to experience and to live on a day-to-day basis. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, you can hear people tell you things like, it's not about that. There's a different way of living or there's a different definition of success or money isn't everything or, you know, all these things you can hear them, but they're not actually landing because they're not your lived experience. So I'm a huge believer every phase, every heartache, every mess, every bit of pain we have felt is information directing us yeah. and giving us clues and evidence towards what's actually aligned for us. And yes, like yes. I don't look back on, and you know, when I look back on how I was managing my burnout, it was very toxic. Like I was self-medicating in many ways with shopping and TV and wine and woo. And, you know, part of me is like, that's really awful that you treated your body and your soul in that way. But I needed that because now I have the embodied lived experience of that pain so that I can actually transmute that to guide others. No one would freaking listen to me if I'd had a wonderful 20s where I didn't experience burnout. Right. And I was just like, guys, well, and I actually see that a lot in the coaching space. People are, they're not embodied in certain things yet. They're like, I'm going to teach you about this. So I always do these experiences, especially as people in the healing space, personal growth space is like everything you get to grow through is medicine. You get to then serve someone else. Mm, and so that's all the such pain- a beautiful mindset. Oh my gosh. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> no, no, you know, all I was going to say is like that. One of my mentors always says this press and smiles. Your, your pain gets to become your purpose. Your mess gets to become your message and your rejection becomes your redirection. So I can look you know, hindsight's 2020. Right. And I can look back on all of the most painful, miserable experiences in my nine to five days and how I was managing it really ineffectively with, again, shopping, wine, it, you know, Instagram, expensive vacations. And I can see why I, I received that experience. Yeah. So that I can then transmute that and, and then grow. can really, yeah, feel, I can feel when my clients come in, I can feel their pain. Yeah. Because I've, I've been there I lived it and I think it's a gift that I got to live it in many ways and you see so many people have experienced I mean, what I went through is not nearly as you see people that have gone through hell and back again and then they take that and they use that and they serve that as medicine to the world and yeah how beautiful is that 
I think that is absolutely beautiful and such a purpose because, you know, the human experience here, we have so many things that we're going through. And I remember that being kind of a model that I I gave myself even of saying like, okay, if I'm going to go through this, whatever the circumstance or scenario is at the time, it's going to be for me. And it's also going to be for someone else, right? Like I'm going to take this. And I love that every experience, right? Are these stepping stones. You wouldn't have known. I mean, I'm sure you would have figured it out somewhere along the way because that's how life works. But you know, those one-on-one meetings that you loved connecting with people and you were able to get deep in because yeah, like a lot of people do not want to do the one-on-one meetings. Like that is like (laughs) dead last (laughs) on the list. Like, please don't make me do it. So even in the circumstances where, you know, you're following someone else's dream or you're just trekking along, like you're still gaining clues into yourself. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's so cool. And again, to have the hindsight of 2020 of going back and looking, it's way easier to see that than when you're in it. Like you're not in a one-on-one thinking like, oh, light bulb moment. This is what I love. I mean, maybe you are, but I think that that is just a really, really cool insight. Oh yeah. Thank you. And it's so right. What you just said of when you're often in the experience, you don't, it, it's very, I think, infrequently that when we're in the thick of it, mm-hmm. we have that storied light bulb moment and it just. We have the lesson, Woo! Yeah, the light's pouring down on us or the business idea just comes out of nowhere. Like to me, it is often the embodiment of life and the messy lessons we get to receive is often a long and messy process. Yeah. And I got the gift of, so when I, I had exited my nine to five, um, I didn't know this was about to happen, but COVID <laughs> happened a few weeks later. Okay. <laughs> Man, that timing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I was gifted actually in that this spaciousness and this quiet, right? Of like really sitting with myself that I think allowed me to alchemize a lot of the lessons and that pain from those, you know, almost 15 years in the nine to five much faster because we were locked. I was locked in quarantine at my parents' house, so which was not what my plan was. Cause when I left my nine to five, <laughs> I was just like, I'm going to be a digital nomad in Bali. I'm going to be on the beaches. It's going to be great. And then a few weeks later, parents house. COVID, yep. Definitely. Very, sexy, very, very glamorous, but had dark night of the soul. I'm like, what am I doing with my life? What do I really want? And really, you know, allowed myself to dream and reflect on how much I had always loved that human element and the the coaching element I didn't realize Mm. I was doing in the tech world. And I I had had flashes of it while I was in the hustle and grind, but my mind immediately went like, you know, got obsessed with the how, well, how will we do that? You know, Oh, we're, and you know, the critical voice, inner critic, whatever. Oh, who do you think you are? How are you going to make that happen? You're too old. Oh, how are you going to make money? You know, most entrepreneurs fail, like all the voices. So I just immediately shut it down. But it was in yeah quarantine where I really I, and so many people I meet had some sort of awakening or right. like big moment of clarity it, during COVID because we really got to sit with ourselves. We had the yeah we had the time. Everything stopped for us, and I think you know it wasn't so long ago, but it also was so long ago that we've kind of gotten away from that. I think we're we we're all back in right. We're all just not back in completely, but I think a lot of us are still gravitating toward that badge of busy, gravitating toward, you know, oh, look how busy I am. Look how many things I have going on. Praise me. Look how good I'm doing. And we fall asleep at night and it's like, are we satisfied? Are we happy with our life? Is it lighting us up completely? And so yeah, I'm so curious. Symbol. 
in yeah. so many ways. How busy you are, how packed your calendar is, how tired you right. are. Right. And it's like, we're chasing that. And why are we chasing that? Like, what is that? If someone acknowledges how busy we are, is that giving us like a, a hit of dopamine or whatever? Is that giving us like a, are you proud of me? And so I don't know. I'm so curious, like what it is that we're chasing that we can replace with and actually start enjoying our life, getting pleasure out of our life, actually feeling alive. Cause I know it can feel so often that we're just on autopilot and all of a sudden you wake up and you're like the whole week went by. I have no idea what happened. I didn't feel like alive <laughs> for any moment. You know what I mean? And oh, so girl, it's like, I know what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So let's, it's exactly how we what you just said. Exactly what you just said. It's, I think it really begins with asking mm. yourself that question. What exactly am I chasing here? Yeah. Like whose definition of success am I operating under? Is it mine? Whose yeah. definition of happiness am I pursuing? Is it mine? And really starting to get radically honest with ourselves of why we're doing what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we are social beings and we are primal, like hardwired to seek approval and to be fitting in, right? right. I think no matter what, what decade you're in, you know, you are a product of that. And we, for whatever reason, the past at least decade has been hustle and grind, you know, boss babe. Remember the boss babe hashtag uh-huh. and then leaning in and like all of that, which is beautiful Everything. in so yeah. many ways, but it's just, that was the, the, the socially acceptable thing to do. Like be really busy, this obsession with personal productivity. There's been this explosion of personal productivity apps and Asana and just different yeah. ways to manage your time and smart watches, like tracking every movement. Are you being productive? Are you walking? Mm. Are you just taking enough steps? It's just like everything, right? Is like, am I getting the gold star? Am I checking the box? And I, I think not, I think I know and this to be true. <laughs> so much of the burnout I see, it's actually often not a result of doing too much. It's doing too little of what lights you up and really Mm. fills your cup. And so something I always do with clients is it's like, let's look at your not because you're, you're saying you're working seven hours, eight hours. Okay, good, good, good. How are you spending your free time? Mm -hmm. Right. Is it actually spending your time doing things you love doing and that just really light you up and fill you with pleasure and joy and aliveness? Or is it personal productivity you know, time hacking things, listening to podcasts, reading books you should listen to because someone told you it's, you know, it's a great podcast. It's a great book, but you've been reading the book for eight months because you don't actually like it. Right, <laughs> right. But it's going to make me smarter in some way or, you know, oh, I have to see all these people on the weekend. So I, I hit their definition of what a good friend is, what a good mother is, what a good sister is. And so then when you actually look at your energy and how your energy, your body feels in those environments when you're doing those activities, is it actually making you feel more energized and alive? Or is it just this, like this energy of toleration and I should do this. And so to me, it's like, no wonder why so many of us are saying we feel burnt out because we've lost that pleasure and aliveness that to me life is about, you know, really enjoying it and just being present for it. And that feeling of presence right too I mean another culprit which we're all guilty of is the phone and technology and the low-grade dopamine hits and we're spiking up on that and then crashing and then reaching for something else some other notification and 
we're just yo-yoing around all day on that and then it's netflix and i'm a yes to all of those i love instagram i oh, love yeah. netflix but it's just yeah i'm not saying they're bad but it's just like where are we actually feeding our souls and what we actually want to do Often, it doesn't make logical sense what we love to do it's not productive like that energy of play is often there's not an outcome. Like that's the definition of play, doing something just for the pure joy of doing it, the mm-hmm. experience of doing it. But we're, as a society right now, I think we're very married to what's the outcome. How is this going to improve me, my relationships, my body, my mind in this activity? Oh, I like that you mentioned outcome because I think that that is so true. Because even when I've wanted to introduce more play or more fun, like I was like, oh, I'd love to watercolor, but it's like, okay, well then I need to find a class And I need to have, right, like something that's going to come out of it instead of just like, go grab a paintbrush and paint and walk outside and paint something. And it can look absolutely terrible. Like, it's just the process of doing it. And I think we are, we're so tied to the outcome, especially, oh my gosh, as women, because that's who I know we're talking to. Like, we can't waste our time. We have so much going on so that if if we fill anything with it, it it needs to be productive. I think of that even with like fitting in friend time. It's like, okay, well, like, let's make sure that if we're doing that, that, you know, I'm either exercising with a friend. So I'm checking off that box too. Like I'm like trying to like multitask my, my uh, playtime, which is hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) And so universal, Mm -hmm. right? It's just because we're stretched so thin and we, we keep saying yes and yes and yes, yes, I'll do that. Yes, I'll be here. And, you know, a big part of it, I mean, I'm sure you love this conversation is boundaries and yes. like really learning how to say no. And that's been a huge shift in my life. And something I'm still doing is just really evaluating who who and what gets to come into my space and mm-hmm. out of not it's out of love for myself that I set boundaries and honestly out of love for the other person. Cause I know mm-hmm. that if I'm saying yes to something resentfully, like the mm-hmm. exercise class with the friend that I, I actually, I'm a huge introvert. I love my alone time. So I need a lot of alone time yeah. and I've learned to honor that because I know that when I say yes to more than my capacity, my energetic capacity, the version of Emily, my friends receive is not my best self. And they get me that's like wanting to leave and like, when is this over? And maybe like low key resentful because I said, yes, it's something I didn't want to do. So I'm very protective with my time now. And I'm just like, I need all, all, I need a lot time guys. And you, you will benefit. Our relationship will thrive because when you do, when we do spend time together, I'm going to be so stoked to be there. So happy to be there versus coming from that energy of obligation Mm. And like, I'm a big believer too. Like very few of us are great actors. <laughs> and I, I'm also a believer energy don't lie. So I think it's felt sometimes when we are in that energy of obligation with our friendships and who we're spending our time with. And I, I even have a friend coming into my mind right now where I'm like, yeah, I could, and we've had open conversations about this over the past few years. And she used to show up out of the energy of let me check this box yeah, this energy of obligation. And, you know, she would schedule me into her calendar down to the millisecond. And it was, <laughs> it's and it was so like, true. And I was just that I honestly, it didn't fill me up at all. I would have preferred that you know, she honor her desire to maybe have a night at home versus I sh- should see Emily and check the box. And like, maybe it means we see each other less frequently. But it's to me, it's not the frequency it's the quality of time with the other human. Absolutely. The word I keep hearing you say over and over again is should. 
And I'm just like, oh, that word should. And, you know, it's, it's really funny because even when we're talking about, you know, having more white space in our life and having more time for pleasure and, and feeling alive in our life. Then we talk about introducing boundaries and that feels, that's a hard word for a lot of people. And it feels very structured, very formal. And so that can feel like really polarizing to be like, no, 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 we're talking about like fun and like lightheartedness and all this stuff. And then it's like (laughs) boundaries and you're like, no, it all comes full circle because we've got like, so you should set back, you know, that can even feel like a should Mm. of like, you should do it this way in order to do and yeah. I don't know, I think this is is a conversation that's opening up so many questions that you need to ask yourself and just kind of be able to sit. And some of these questions are scary questions to ask yourself. Am I following someone else's formula for success? Am I living my life according to your definition of success or mine? That can be a really scary question to ask yourself, especially if your definition is way far off from where you really are. And if it's not the norm, right? If you're like, oh my gosh, I want to do this way differently. What are all these people going to think? I just, I think that this is just a pivotal point of asking yourself these questions and being able to really kind of dive into the fear of what those answers could be for you. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I don't, right. We're talking about pleasure and joy. And then it's like, oh, this is actually serious business. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of a, it, a funny, like opposition kind it, of in this conversation. I love that you just reflected that. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And you know, something I say to my clients is you get to take pleasure and joy as serious with, you get to approach it with the same ferocity. You currently approach your career mm-hmm. or you currently approach your obligations as a mother or a wife, because when you think of yourself as we know this, we're energetic beings, right? right? And you think of every choice you make that's in the obligation of should and that this is expected to be like, that's just draining that energetic cup of yours. But then when you start really tuning in to what you love doing and you start up just committing and devoting to doing what lights you up, like you just, the quality, of your life improves because you're coming from that frequency of joy and mm. lightness and it's because I often hear women say well isn't it selfish isn't it so selfish to prioritize myself and what I love doing but then it's like you look at how when you're in a this more elevated state how your your relationships improve with your partner yep. with your kids your relationships at work and when we're talking about the burnt out woman, how actually when you're well rested and energized, the quality of your work at the office actually starts to improve. So it's just starting to see that this like lighthearted, fun thing, it, it does begin with asking yourself some hard questions and questioning your paradigm and questioning your come from, but also seeing that it is like a non-negotiable standard, I think for a full life. Yeah. Absolutely. And it really improves your everyone around you. When you're, you think about, you, we all know this to be true, right? When we wake up and we're tired, we didn't sleep, we're stressed, we're burnt out, we're overwhelmed, we're irritable. What happens with every person we approach that day? It's this ripple effect. It oh, our like interactions are up. terrible. Yeah. Yeah. I'm annoyed yeah, with so everybody. I- it's, I'm short. I'm very, very short. My fuse is, you know, non existent. 
Yeah. It's awful. Yeah. And I feel like that's actually the more selfish thing is to be like, my bad mood now affects all of you. That's way more selfish than like my good mood affects all of you. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So I, again, it's just, it's to me, prioritizing your energy and your joy Mm -hmm. is one of the least selfish things you can do because it just, it, it affects more humans than I think you even can realize how your smile, how your energy, how your encouragement, because when you're in that place of feeling good and feeling like your cup is full, you can give so much more. And I mean, to me, what this world really can benefit from is more love, is more kindness, is more connection. Mm -hmm. And when you're in the energetic place to be able to give that, like that just, it's those little things I think really just start to make the big changes. I agree. Yeah, we sorely need in many ways. All right, guys, we're going to push pause on this episode for just a minute because I know we're having an incredible time diving into the world of breaking free from burnout, embracing joy and purpose, and I am loving everything that Emily has to say. But because we have a lot to say, I wanted to make this easy to digest for you, so I'm breaking it into a two-part episode. So this is where we're going to end part one and jump into part two, where we're going to take it a step further. Because if you're thinking what I'm thinking, which is, this all sounds fantastic, but how do I actually bring these concepts into my daily life, right? How do I embody the joy and the pleasure that we've been discussing so far, I totally get it. I have listened to many a podcast where I get super fired up about the episode, but then it's like, how do I take this and make it real in my everyday reality? So Emily is here to help us ground some of these ideas and make them really, really tangible for you in this part two. We're going to explore practical strategies and tools. She's got three really good things that you can start implementing right now. So no more waiting for someday, right, or tomorrow or the next whenever I have time. We're done waiting to start living our best life, right? We're going to kick things off. She's got a powerful practice that I cannot wait for you guys to hear about called the Boundary Audit and then a couple others. So I just, I gave you a little sneak peek into the part two. So let's jump in right now. If you just click the next episode, we're ready to go. I'll see you over there. 